listening to a podcast by Radio Canada International. I have nothing against anything and anybody with AI. My job as a sociologist of science is to look at the facts and when people get crazy and just run on all empirical count, then I say, wait a minute, you know, who says we are the center of the world? Oh, it's it's Benjo. Oh, yes, of course he says that because it's it's himself. So don't tell me we are the center of the world because Benjo says it. This is Yves Gingrasse, Scientific Director of Quebec's Observatory of Science and Technology. You may remember him from the second episode about research. In his intervention, he was quite critical of the Quebec government's investment in AI. Well, he recently published an article in which he analysed the entire AI ecosystem in Montreal, and his conclusions are quite negative, to say the least. He brings a critical point of view on the AI industry in Montreal, and during all my interviews, I confronted my interviewees with his findings. So let's see what Professor Jean Grasse found in his research, and what the AI industry has to say about it. You're listening to Montreal Center of the AI World, I'm Matthew Laser. In the paper called Artificial Intelligence in Quebec, a tightly knit network, Yves Gingras and his colleague Maxime Colloré proposed to, I quote, go beyond the surface of things by analyzing more coldly how research policy on AI was quickly implemented in Quebec, essentially based on the recurring rhetoric of, quote, technological gap, and on the naive acceptance of speeches promising that Quebec could become, quote, a world leader in this field, assured of a bright future for the benefit of all. And this dig into the AI industry has revealed many interesting and sometimes disturbing aspects of the Montreal ecosystem, starting with the money invested by the government. And it came at a time when the government being taken away by the buzzword of that AI would be a revolution decided not to miss the boat. They said, oh, we cannot miss the boat, so we have to put billions. And of course, those who are interested in that, like Mila says, yes, you should put that because it's a, it's a new industrial revolution. So you know perfectly well the buzzwords around this. So the government is always afraid to miss the boat. So they put hundreds and hundreds of millions. So a very small number of actors in Quebec put together and they arrange themselves that even though there are experts in AI in all Quebec universities, Sherbrooke, UCAM, Concordia, McGill and University of Montreal decided to keep that together because they consider themselves the two greatest universities in Quebec. And the government, you know, tend to talk with the rectors of those two institutions. And they have been convinced to invest there. So it's a kind of secular thing where four or five people decided that they should get the money because they are the best. 
And the government, who knows nothing about this, had no solution but to say yes, because they are afraid to miss the boat again. Intrigued by this revelation that only a few people were running the companies and institutions that receive public investment, I asked Professor Jean Grasse to tell me a little more about it. To be precise, those people, some of those like Joshua, present themselves as university professor. They are, in fact, what in sociology we call a professor entrepreneur. So they are entrepreneur. So first, as you say, he was one of the founder of Element AI, but he's also used on another company by Le Boutillier, which is more on the medical aspect. But as we say, they, they say, oh, we have also Benjo on our board. So they have two acts at the same time. And most of the journalists don't pay attention to this apparent of conflict of interest. In addition to that, they are on government boards. It's quite surrealistic. And the reason nobody criticized that is that they are all afraid to lose some part of it. Only our research has been an independent based on objective data about the composition of the board of council. So we look at who is on the boards and we, we do an interlinking about those and we see that four people are everywhere. Using this data, Yves Gingras found that businesswoman Hélène Desmarais is currently serving as president of the board of directors at Ivado Labs, ScaleAI, CDL and HEC. This makes her one of the managers of more than 40% of government funds invested in AI infrastructure in Quebec. By interviewing various members of the industry, professors, promoters, startups, etc., I exposed to them the results of this study and the fact that the entire AI sector was managed by only a few people. Then I asked them what they thought about it. Mark McLean, who works for Montreal International and whose job is to promote the city, turned to another industry as a means of comparison. Well, I think with everything, there's a nuance, uh, so it's always uh, always interesting to nuance stuff. I think there is a part of that that is, again, it's true, like with every article, every research, there is an aspect of truth to it. Montreal and AI as a whole in the Montreal AI ecosystem is a young ecosystem. If you would have compared it to the video game ecosystem, which I think most people are familiar is one of the best ecosystems in the world. We're top five in the world for video games. Montreal just continues to attract it. 20 years ago, you would have said the same thing about the video game ecosystem in Montreal that's controlled by a couple of big players and that it it's a bubble, right? Because at the time it was new, video games are new. They're not what they were today, right? I, I truly believe that AI is a transformational technology. I do believe that there are certain people that are more involved in it in Montreal than others, right? There is, it is a small ecosystem. It's not broad yet. 
But over time, there will be more and more people involved. There'll be more and more people invested into it. We'll see more and more startups grow. There's some amazing startups in Montreal that are growing now that continue to grow in Montreal. So yeah, I think it's just, I'd say there is an aspect of truth of that, but it is more because of the stage that the AI ecosystem is at rather than uh, some nefarious reason that some people are controlling it. Doina Prakup, on the other hand, looked to the future and the next generations. My sense is that the situation of a few people being involved in leadership positions is actually going to shift significantly in the next five to ten years. As a reminder, Doina is a renowned AI researcher. She works for DeepMind and McGill University. Because we have brought in a tremendous amount of talent in different institutions and these new professors and new researchers that have joined the Montreal community are going to start playing some of these roles. So I think at the beginning, you know, in 2016-17, there were only a handful of us in Montreal working in AI and machine learning. And so almost by necessity, we had to wear different hats and play different roles and, and try to sort of really organize the ecosystem. But now looking at, for example, the wonderful set of CCAI chairs at Mila that have been hired in the last three years, I have really amazing junior colleagues, and I am sure some of them will step into these roles, leading the research in the university, collaborating with companies, advising the government, and so on. And so I think especially in the next five years, you will see a lot of different sort of individuals emerging and much more sharing of responsibilities across people in the ecosystem. Her colleague, Joël Pinault, who works at Facebook and McGill, acknowledges their current situation, but also believes in future generations. In general, I think it's always beneficial to have a greater diversity in voices in you know whatever whatever decision you're going to make bringing in a diverse set of perspective always adds value so i i strongly strongly believe this i think we're seeing a little bit the phenomenon that just how quickly the field has moved and has taken shape and so there's a you know kind of a leadership gap across the community between people who have been in the community for 20 years and have a certain experience versus the new generation that is up and coming and 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 really um, is going to have a tremendous impact, but we just need to give them a little bit of time to take on some experience and seniority in some cases. But already, I think it's a community that welcomes the input of the younger researchers and tries to create these opportunities for them. But right now, there is a bit of a seniority gap. It's something we've seen in other fields before, and, and that's a little bit the situation we're in. And for Bruno Morancy of Techstars, the startup accelerator, you have to look at the two sides of the coin. There is a small number of people. Like, in fact, like Montreal is not that big of a city and the AI ecosystem is not that big. So will you see the same people? Of course. I mean, it's not like it's a millions of people in an ecosystem. So, of course, you will see the same few names. But that, that means those people are doing a lot. <laughs> there's both sides to this. It's not, okay, there's one person that controls everything. Well, okay, you can see it that way, but you can also see it, you know, there's one person that's really doing a lot <laughs> that's pushing to make the ecosystem. So there's a positive and a negative side to this. And when an ecosystem is starting, I think it's normal that it lies on the shoulders of a few people, but that as the ecosystem matures, then more people are adding to it and the few 
core people is less and less a reality. Another interesting conclusion from Yves Gingras' study concerns potential conflicts of interest in Montreal's AI industry. The reason why we can be surprised by that, but they are not, the government are not, it's linked to a new ideology. The new ideology is that university and private company should work together. So they totally forget about the conflict of interest and the fact that if you do that, you privatize public research. You privatize public money. It's not the same as getting a grant from a company to do that. And we see it when you look at the chairs which have been given by the Canadian Institute for Advanced Research. So CIFAR also said, yes, AI is important. And of course, Joshua Benjou was there. Then they say, oh, we'll create chairs in AI. And big, big news, 20 of those chairs were given to Mila. And when you look at who get them, some get them and they work for Facebook. You see, okay, you're telling us that Facebook need a grant to have a, a researcher. It's bizarre. Facebook could buy those university cash, but they still have on the basis of this ideology, oh, it's university enterprise collaboration. I'm not against university enterprise collaboration, but I want it to be paid totally by the industry not by public money. So here, it's quite surrealistic. I think that this concentration of resource is a problem. And as we said, it raised problem about appearance of conflict of interest. Of course, a conflict of interest is not the same as the appearance of conflict of interest. But the appearance in our society is very important. It's linked to transparency, okay? So, and also the fact that those people put more time promoting themselves in the newspaper and on TV than keeping their research in their lab, advancing and doing their job as specialists in a field. And the case of AI, I think is special in another way. It's special in the rhetoric of ethics of AI. And they insist about, oh, we develop ethical view of AI, but that's bogus because AI in practice can only serve companies. Well, you might have guessed to whom Professor Jean Grasse made reference when he was talking about researchers working at Facebook. It was Joël Pinault. As I said earlier, she works both at Facebook and McGill University, but she also received a CIFAR AI chair. Doina Prekup also received one. So I asked both of them if they ever found themselves in a position of conflict of interest and what they were doing to avoid it. 
So far, the projects have gone well. I mean, we have regular conversations about this. We've put, you know, we've put in place the right agreements that we need that allow this collaboration. We don't just go blindly into this, you know. We've had these conversations from day one of how to set up the agreement in a good way. We've done it for specific projects and we've done it for larger programs of research. And so being very transparent about our affiliation and what we are doing with each group has really helped us. We've even, you know, been able to collaborate with uh, researchers at another company as well as researchers at the university in some of these larger collaborations and do papers together with some of the research at Google Brain and elsewhere. So it, it requires a high level of, of transparency to be able to do it. And we really try to, to achieve this and to sustain that because it's really important for the health of the community. I just try to be very careful not to put myself in that position. And for example, when I work with students at the university, they have their own research projects. It's all open. You know, they have to publish their thesis. I've had some students who have come on internship at DeepMind, but DeepMind has a policy for the internships where students are allowed to take their research afterwards and, and use it for their thesis. So that has not been a problem. My applied work is all at McGill, so which is a little bit funny, but all of my medical projects, for example, are with McGill collaborators. When I asked Yves Gingras for an interview, he first told me that if my podcast was only aimed at promoting Montreal as the center of the AI world, he couldn't help me, since it was simply not true, according to him. I then explained to him that I was trying to understand Montreal's place in the AI industry rather than promote it. So he gave me an explanation of why Montreal cannot be considered as the center of the AI world. If we want to know if we are the best in the world, then we have to find objective criteria. And when we look at any kind of rankings or at the paper in Nature that appeared in 2019 asking about the place of China in AI, they mentioned five countries important in AI, and of course Canada was not there. And when we look at all the rankings about AI, either the QS ranking, either the CS ranking, at no place of those independent rankings, we find Canada or even Quebec among the top 10 or even the top 20. So it's a local things where rectors promote an image of themselves that nobody wants to test with reality as we did in our paper. What I did is to try to compare in the rankings if there is a rapid race between 2017 and 2020, but we don't see a great raise. And more importantly, if we look at the Canadian institutions, which are at the world level, the better ranked, it's Alberta and Toronto systematically in all those rankings, whatever kind of data we look at, we get Alberta and Toronto before. And it's funny because Toronto is less pushing itself. Ontario is the best in the world. 
So it's, it's a bit of a bad tradition of some Quebec decision makers. So it's part of the tradition of Quebec decision maker to think that they, they are very good in the world when in fact we are good, but we're not big enough. Second point is that you know that Canada as a country contribute about 4% of all papers in the world. That gives you an idea of the weight and France is about also 4, 4.5. Quebec is 1% of all publications in the world. So how on earth can a government which is rational think that it will become a dominant in the world where the GAFA put in research on AI more than the Quebec or the Canadian government itself? So there's something irrational in those investments, but it's good for the university. Of course, they get hundreds of million dollars. So they pay professors. That's good for research, but for science policy, that's different. So we must distinguish the fact that I'm very glad that young researcher can be hired in university as professor of computer science because government put the money there. But in terms of science policy, putting too much in one field is irrational in terms of maximization of impact of economic and even of the diversity of IDs. interviews, as I did with Professor Jean Grasse, I asked everyone this simple question. Do you think Montreal can be considered the centre of the AI world? And I got a variety of answers. I know if I was an American, I would, I would have no issue claiming that we are the centre of the world. <laughs> My, being a Canadian, I guess I, I'm too, uh, too, too, too shy and humble to claim something like this. I think we have a, a recognition that is real. I think that the work we're doing is world class and we should be proud to claim that. Yes, I think we are, we are uh, first class. The universities, we have four world-class engineering schools. In terms of technical talent, I don't think we have to be shy about the quality of the engineering talent that we produce every year in universities in Montreal. If you look at undergraduates per capita, Montreal is the one with the most undergraduate students per capita in North America. Just slightly more than Boston, but it is right there at number one. And Montreal is one of the top-rated cities to do university degrees by students across the world. So it does attract high quality international students. Now we need to retain them. Hopefully they stay in Montreal and grow a career here. I think the more, especially around AI, the quality of the companies that are here tends to be a factor that keeps the students here. But I don't think if we focus on engineering talent, creativity, our universities are world-class. With my contacts and my job and what uh, I need to be saying, yes, yes, my job is the center of the AI world because I am the salesperson for it. But as, as a more, I guess, open and honest answer, I guess what I'd say is it depends what you're looking for in AI, right? It depends if you go to the Bay Area, and this is an easy comparison to make. Obviously, there's more general money applied to AI research there because the headquarters of Google is there, headquarters of Facebook is there, headquarters of Apple is there, right? But when you're looking at one of the best hubs for collaboration, one of the best hubs for research, 
search when you're looking at one of the best hubs for breakthroughs. I do think Montreal is, can arguably consider one of the best cities in the world for artificial intelligence, right? And artificial intelligence is a catch-all word for a number of different research, uh, uh, sub-researchers, right? So it, again, you need to sometimes drill down a little bit, but yeah, I'd have the argument with almost anybody that Montreal is one of the best cities in the world for artificial intelligence. Let's now look forward to the future. Given the current state of the AI industry, what will the future look like for Montreal? Well, here are a few ideas. The community is already much, much bigger than it was. So, you know, when we started discussing with Yosha Benjil the construction of the new Mila Institute, at the time there were many, maybe 60 or so students across both universities working in machine learning and AI research. And Mila now is almost an order of magnitude bigger than that. And so it has grown very quickly and just in terms of the sheer numbers. And similarly, the number of people working in the industrial research labs was really small. It has grown quite a lot. Growth is not going to be infinite, right? Also because there is a certain size of ecosystem that actually sort of fosters the right kind of environment. So for example, the number of students can't really grow that, that big because at some point, you know, every professor is at their maximum capacity of advising students. But my hope is that we will see a lot more growth in the industry side in Montreal both because we have a very active startup scene and various incubator programs, and a lot of our students are actually interested in these entrepreneurial activities. And so if you have an active startup ecosystem, you know, you expect at some point that some interesting companies will actually emerge out of that. It's still slightly more difficult to do this in Canada than it is in other parts of the world, just because investors tend to be pretty conservative But I think people are getting used to having AI companies and thinking in these terms. And so I'm hopeful that in the long run, this will end up being okay. And I think there's also still, there continues to be a lot of interest in the bigger companies to grow their footprint in Montreal. I think also what we will start seeing is significant impact in terms of really high profile publications in machine learning and applications of machine learning, even more so than what we have seen before. A lot of modern technologies have actually been invented in Montreal, you know, including things like generative adversarial networks, and I think this will con really continue to happen. What I've always said with AI, again, I presented myself as the expert to sell AI, uh, but I've always said that AI is a horizontal technology, right? It's hard to position how big it'll become because in theory, and I think in reality, we're seeing it more and more, every single industry is going to have a have to have an AI team. It's like having a uh, web developer, right? Every single company needs a website. Uh, they might outsource it. They might do it internally. It's going to become horizontal. It's going to touch everything. It's getting to that point already. So when you say how big it's going to become, it's it's going to touch everything. I think Montreal, we're very, very well positioned to continue growing in Montreal. We have a ton of researchers. Again, talent is the name of the game in AI, and I think that's where we win. 
I continue to see companies invest in Montreal. We continue to see interest in Montreal. We continue to see the accelerators and incubators build world-class companies in Montreal. We saw a fantastic company that was born in Montreal called Sonder come back to Montreal and announce uh, their return in uh, December. And they're going to have an AI team uh, set up in Montreal because of that. So we just see it continuously growing. Saying how big it can be is hard to say. But I always compare it to the video game ecosystem, which is top five in the world, which has uh, tens of thousands of people working in Montreal. And I think that could easily, easily happen with the AI ecosystem because of our talent, because of all the advantages of being in Montreal. That's so hard to answer. I, I, I think it will evolve. A lot of the, what you would say is a bubble, is a lot of excitement about the possibilities of recent research. If we put a lot of money into, okay, making sure that research continues, is maintained, but we have to find practical commercial use for that so that the ecosystem becomes self-sufficient. <laughs> we don't want this ecosystem to consistently rely on public funding to keep it alive. You want that ecosystem to find practical application. You want to find companies being spun out these research centers and creating massive companies, employing a lot of people, making great revenue based on that. And then the cycle becomes self-sufficient. Are, are we there yet? No. Are we on the track to get there? I think so. Like finding commercial applications of research is, has always been a huge challenge. I think Montreal has gotten a lot better at it than we were 20 years ago or even 10 years ago. Scaling early commercial success has always been one of the weak points here. We're good at creating stuff. We're, we're good at, at finding and starting. We're not that good, or at least we don't have that many experience uh, at scaling. We're seeing that less of an issue. Like Companies like Lightspeed, Sonder, uh, or uh, AppDirect have massive installations here. Uh, Shopify has a lot. They're, although they're based in Ottawa, they have huge offices in Montreal. This talent to scale tech companies is, is now a reality. Uh, and hopefully this ecosystem gets to a point where commercial applications and startups applying it are, are solid, well-funded, and make the ecosystem self-sufficient. I want to be an optimist and say that it will happen. So it's almost inevitable that the expectations will sort of get a little bit more grounded, right? There's like a lot of helium right now, but it, it, the bubble isn't going to burst, right? It's going it's to get a little bit more grounded. But if you think of what AI is doing, especially machine learning, right? Machine learning is essentially using data to make better predictions. Every sign I see is that we are a society that's going to keep on producing more and more data. There's no sign that the generation of data in our society, the recording, the sharing of data is going to slow down. And so from that point of view, if you have techniques that extract value from this data by making predictions, I, I don't see how the value of that will disappear, right? It will disappear the day we don't have data. I don't, I don't see when that day is coming. So I d certainly don't expect the, any bubble to burst. I do expect for people to get more and more realistic about their expectations of what it can do, specifically what problems AI can solve, in what way 
and also all the other problems that need to be solved around it. It's not because you have the ability to make great predictions from data that you've solved the whole problem. It's one piece of a puzzle in many cases. And so we need to get much better at integrating that piece of the puzzle into these ecosystems. Yves Gingrasse does not see a bright future for AI in Montreal. He even compares it to a previous so-called revolution, nanotechnology. If you're old enough, you will know that around 2000, everyone said there's a new revolution. Nanotechnology will change the world. There will be 33 trillions of dollars in 20 years about nanotechnological objects in everything, everywhere. Medicine will be transformed. Same bullshit. Okay. So Quebec has been, oh yes, important. So they created Nano-Quebec, an organization. But now, who knows about Nano-Quebec? Nobody, because they have changed the world. The, the fad is finished. So it's now it's called Prima Quebec or something like that, which is a nice place to work on materials. But it's not Nano-Quebec. So the same will happen with this. They will find new things, good technology, that is applied to uh, better translation, uh, better analysis of, of text or optimization for the, the film you like on uh, Amazon, the book you like, but it's the same technology, you know? <laughs> they compare that you like this, you will like that. It's not that big, but it's useful for the uh, computer industry and it, it's useful for industry in general. But th there will be a danger. There will be too many, I predicted, okay? I predict that we will overtrain people in computer science, exactly what we did at the end of the 90s. You know, the bubble of the year 2000, there was a great number of students in computer science because the government said, hey, we need computer science. After the explosion of the dot-com bubble in 2000, the inscription in the computer science went down for many years. Now it's back up. Why everyone want to go in AI, but there will be an overproduction and those people won't find job or they will find job for coding at a few dollars an hour. That's the reality. And in light of your findings, what would you recommend the government do and, and what should people really expect? I think that the first thing to do in Quebec is to clearly say that the force of Quebec is that we have, say, 18 universities across the surface. We have four universities in Montreal, and there's no reason to concentrate that into two institutions where they control everything. We have to put something like, for example, there was a Genome Quebec when there was a Genomics Fad or so. Huh? Then there was Nano Quebec. At least if they have an organization that invests in computer science and all the spread of AI, they should be open to everyone in Quebec, not concentrated into university. And we can guess, I have no clue, no proof of that. But when you look at the, the table we show, there must have been a lot of calls between the two rector of McGill and, and uh, 
University of Montreal, talking with the minister, with the deputy minister, because it's always the same person. But the other universities have experts. We should not forget that university, I always see this sentence who may sound funny, but I always say that university don't do research. It's professors who do research. So Benjou is excellent, we need him. But that does not make the University of Montreal the center of the world. Because for, for example, the first big discovery in computer science and compression of language was done at the University of Sherbrooke. They made millions of dollars with the patent on compression of the language for the first iPhone. Because by chance, the guy who developed the algorithms to compressing the sound happened at the right time. And we took patent and for 20 years, so it's good, but it's one person. So we need all the person in Quebec who are good in AI, not only on machine learning, but all the technology of AI. That would be more rational and we collaborate with the rest of the world. five episodes, we were able to get an overview of the state of the AI industry in Montreal. The AI industry has always been an integral part of Canada, and Montreal has deeply benefited from a lot of investments and ideas. Thanks to the perseverance of some researchers and the support of the government, the city now shines on the international scene attracting the world's largest technology companies. But this reality also has its drawbacks, depending on the angle from which you look at it, as we saw with Yves Gingras' research. Now, can we say that Montreal is the center of the AI world? Well, I'll let you answer these questions yourself, now that you have all the cards in hand. You've been listening to Montreal, center of the AI world, this is the end.